So it's actually been profitable because more people identify with the honesty and the way we're going about having impact. And because of that, they want to support us. So that's where I think impact meets profitability. I'm one of those people that believe that most people are good. And there are enough people in this world that identify with goodness, with giving back, being kind. Hi. This is Small Business, a weekly podcast brought to you by Amazon. I'm your host, Andrea Marquez. This show is all about learning how to start, build, and grow your small business. And if that sounds like a lot, don't worry, because I'll call out key lessons at the end of every episode so it's easier for you to digest. Something that many of us want to do is help others and have an impact on our community. But when you're a small business owner, sometimes the idea of giving back can feel impossible. Often it feels like you either have to choose between business growth or community impact. So how can you do both? Is there a way that giving back and helping your community can help your business? Even if you can give back, how do you get over the guilt of benefiting from it, maybe through tax deductions or marketing? And if you want to help your community through your business, where do you start? Coming up, I'll talk to Nadia Martinez, founder and CEO of Cali Co., a not-just-for-profit company dedicated to the ethical manufacturing of women's shoes about all the different ways you can help the community while growing your business. But first, I want you to meet business owner Toyen Kolowale, the founder and CEO of Ia Foods, a gluten-free foods manufacturing company. She's here to let us in on how helping the community can contribute to growth in your company and how you could get there too, even as a small business owner. Toyen Kolowale, thank you so much for being on This Is Small Business. Thank you for having me. Let's jump right in. Tell me about Iya Foods and how it came to be. I was born in Nigeria. I moved here about 20 years ago to go for my MBA at Kerouac in Northwestern. I grew up as the first daughter, but the second child of five. And anybody who's grown up in an immigrant household, and I think that's also common in many American households, as the first daughter, you're kind of like the assistant mom. You know, you're cooking, you're doing all of that. So and my mom had many businesses, but not in a rich way because entrepreneurship growing up in a place like Nigeria is a necessity thing because there's a lot of unemployment and a lot of underemployment. So one of the things she had was a fast food. So I was the one who wake up in the morning, go clean up the place, go make the fast food and sell it and then clean up afterwards. So I had that kind of entrepreneurial background just as a way of life to make ends meet. And then after that, became a private equity analyst. But those who don't know what private equity is, you're literally investing in businesses. Did that for a couple of years before Kellogg and then Bain and Company. And I have two kids, uh, 16 and now 14. So one of the things I wanted was for my kids to have a positive experience with, you know, African culture, Nigerian culture specifically. And one of the best ways I think people can do that is food, right? So what I would do is take ingredients I had grown up with and then make everyday food. So like take plantain flour, make pancakes, take cassava flour, make bread. And my children loved it. I started to notice that these ingredients that I grew up with, that to me are African superfoods, were beginning to trend in the U.S. And people were making amazing products out of it through innovation, which is something that is very powerful in America. So the mom in me that had been by default doing innovation at home to use all these ingredients to make delicious food connected with the private equity, the consultants, the entrepreneur part of me to create EF Foods. And that's how EF Foods came about. It literally started in my home and just kind of merged every part 
of my personal life and my career and my business life. And then it became a business. And that's how we started making good food with good ingredients. But I draw a ton of inspiration from what I call African superfoods. There's such a powerful and beautiful connection to your brand and who you are as a person. This reminds me a bit of what Sewa said in episode one of this season two, that also features Justin Forsett from Hustle Clean. She said that the best businesses are an intersection of being passionate and knowledgeable about the business while also providing value to customers, which sounds like Ia Foods. So we're here to talk about how helping your community and growing your business can go hand in hand. Tell me about the impact that Ia Foods has on the community. That's something that's actually been very important to me growing up because, like I mentioned, when wealthy, and there were really difficult patches, like a lot of families are familiar with. And there were so many days in college, in school, where I go by on the kindness of others. So because of that part of me who had benefited from the kindness of, you know, sometimes family, sometimes friends, sometimes strangers, um, my faith, and just me as a mom, impacting the community was instant, even when we were found in the company. So we started something that we call Share the Love. And that is born out of one of our key values, which is shared prosperity and integrity of purpose. But those two things were so important because you can share prosperity and there can be integrity in your purpose. And that's something I wanted in the DNA of the company. So that when building a company that was just all about profit. And so how are we being able to kind of live out that value of shared prosperity and integrity of purpose is through our share the love. So we do share the love in four ways. Number one is share the love customer. If you're not thinking about your customers as human beings or as people who deserve the best ingredients and clean food, you know, you're out of business. We see more and more consumers gravitating towards well-being, towards foods that are made with ingredients that they recognize and they know. So that's our number one priority. Number two, share the lot of farmers. As an African, as a Nigerian, I've learned a lot about the ecosystem and the food chain. And I see over and over again how many African communities in Nigeria, in West Africa, all across Africa, that grow the foods that we all eat, that we all enjoy from, but these people are still really poor. And that's something that always, always bothered me. I thought not only has that been good from an impact perspective, it's actually been good from a business perspective because we had a situation with COVID where a lot of companies were going through a lot with supply chain. But we had farmers, a community of farmers that felt a part of our mission, a part of our vision, a part of our business, so that not only did we get through COVID with adequate supply, we actually became a net supplier to our competitors and we built them. And number three is um, share the love environment, something most people are passionate about. And last but not least is share the love children. That is personally the strongest one for me because I'm a mom. We actually take care of an entire orphanage in Nigeria because the social systems in Nigeria is not the same as the U.S. We started with 13 children. We're now up to 22 children. We take care of the feeding, take care of the housing, take care of the education and provide mentorship. But that's in Nigeria. Here, we donate to a lot of food banks. We're very specific about donating to food banks that are more family-oriented. So we know that the foods that we're donating are going to families. And we're a small business. But that's something I believe in because, you know, let me, let me summarize everything with a proverb. I love proverbs. I live by proverbs. So there's one I'll say in my Yoruba language. I'll say the direct translation and the proverbial translation. So there's a proverb that says, And the literal translation is, eating is not fun if somebody else is lacking. 
but the proverbial translation is, food is sweeter when shared. And we live by that at Ear Foods. We live by that in everything that we do. So that's one way that we've had a lot of impact. But quick last point I wanted to make is, it hasn't only been good from a from an impact perspective, it's actually been good from a business perspective because we have people who are keyed in to what we're trying to achieve and they will work with us to make sure that we get what we need. Thank you for sharing that. I'm so inspired by you. Can you tell me in what ways helping your community and having that impact helps your small business grow? So it helps the small business. I'll get to that as a good, but it also helps me personally, you know, which is really important. I talk a lot about entrepreneurial mental health. How do you feel about the work you're doing? How does it help? How does it motivate you as a leader? And being somebody who is Nigerian and also American, you know, I'm used to two general perspectives about Africa. One is the safari. The other is the poverty. Even though there's so much in between, right? You know, there are people getting their coffee and going to an elevator on a laptop doing work. But there are also people who live in a hut. It's not one story. There are multiple stories and there are multiple experiences. So there's been a general reaction to how aid and charity comes from what a lot of Africans would call the Western world, where it's very needed, but people feel, still feel devalued or worthy. So for me, as in somebody who is also who's Nigerian and also American, it was important to connect impact and giving back in a way that doesn't make people want to be you, but want to be the best of themselves in a way that doesn't make people feel unworthy. And that's one of the reasons I'm so proud of what we do because people like me who are diasporans who have come to America, you know, for education and do more stuff, it's important that we carry that mantle because we understand these communities. We understand that somebody else might come and see a hut. I see somebody that is just really poor and doesn't have any skills. Well, I see different because I grew up in that environment. I grew up with those people. So for me personally, it's been very, very impactful. As a business, it's impacted us in many ways. A is how am I building a team? So right here, I'm talking to you, but there are three of us in this room. And I know how my team reacts to the impact that we have. It makes them feel good about their work. So from a motivational perspective, it's motivating the team we have here in EA Foods. And anybody who runs a company will tell you that you can motivate with paycheck. You can motivate with other things, but you need to have some other things, some other soft things that motivate people. So it really, really motivates the team. It motivates buyers. It motivates partners. It's gotten a lot of people to actually be interested in helping us because they're like, you know what? We bought a truckload of this from you this year, but we see what you do in that village and we want to be a part of it. I want to be a part of it with you. So it's actually been profitable because more people identify with the honesty and the way we're going about having impact and because of that, they want to support us. So that's where I think impact meets profitability. I'm one of those people that believe that most people are good. And there are enough people in this world that identify with goodness, with giving back, being kind. And that has been really good also for us because then they in turn support us. They talk about it to other people and they support us. And then we get people who shout us out on Instagram, on social media. So that's been, I think, one of the biggest impacts on the business, even though, to be honest, that's not why we started it. As a consumer, this resonates with me because I see this reflected a lot in my purchasing decisions. If I have two similar products, but one of them has a clear message of how it impacts the community, I'll probably buy it, even if it's more expensive. Because, well, 
I'm in a privileged position where I can afford it. And I'm getting the product I need and helping others at the same time. It's actually interesting you mentioned that because you know how I mentioned about giving back without making people feel unworthy? We actually do the same thing on the customer, which is we know that we have to produce good food that is tasty at an affordable price and give customers a reason to keep buying us just based on the quality of the product because we also don't want to guilt people into buying our stuff. So we're very intentional whether I think giving back or communicating how we have impact or how we give back to the customers, that any feeling you have around that is a positive one. So that if you're the recipient of that impact, you don't feel unworthy or you don't feel there's something wrong with you. But if you're a customer who's supporting us, it's like you said, it's a nice to have. We're not guilty you into buying a product that is not great. We make sure we make great products first. And then you just feel good about the fact that you're getting something good and affordable, but then it has all of these other really nice things that you identify with. So at the end of the day, the quality of your product cannot be beat. That has to be your priority before anything else, because that's what's going to keep customers coming back. And customers are what's going to keep the impact of your business going. So we talked about how helping your community can help your business grow. But how do we get there? Could you mention what small business owners should consider when it comes to tying their business goals to the impact that they make in the community? What do those goals look like when it's not just about growth in the business? Yeah, so what I usually do when I want to answer those kinds of questions is I always start from either of two things. What result do I want to achieve so that way I can walk my way backwards? So think about like a GPS, right? If you put in the address, it's going to tell you turn left, turn right. But a more powerful tool that I use is ask myself, who's the most important person or what's the most important thing I need to focus on? So let's pick a business goal. Let's say I have a business goal to get to $100 million in three years. But at the same time, I want to have an impact on my community. And I start to think, who's the most important person in that goal that I want to achieve? And obviously it's the customer, right? And then think, what are the things I can then do to make the customer feel good about working with us to get to that goal. So that's why we have the Share the Love campaign. In our case, that had four different things that we're working on, which is number one, focus on the customer, give them good food that is affordable. That is impact. People don't think about that as impact. But how many customers do we have that go to stores and they really need a good snack for their kids or a good bottle of juice, but they've completely bombarded with dishonest ads or dishonest positioning? So that's why I put customer first as just focus on the customer, give them what you believe they want. Because in a way, you're having an impact on that customer's life when you're able to buy something good and something healthy and something that fits what you actually want at an affordable price. And then the second I mentioned was farmers. So that's what we really start to do and say in this circle. And I remember when I started to see my life, my impact, my goals, my business goals as a circle, as opposed to a ladder, it really changed a lot about how I approach everything. Because if you see it as a ladder, right, you have to climb over processes, over people, over thresholds to get to the top. But when you see it as a circle, including your community, it makes it easier to make those connections between your business goals and having an impact on your community. I'll give you one more example. So for us, we're working hard to get to cross that $100 million number. So for us, it's a circle and saying, who are the people in this circle and in this ecosystem that help us get there? How do we make sure that there's shared prosperity and integrity of purpose? which is why we wrote it into one of our values. So how are we sharing that prosperity with our customers? 
how are we making sure that the customers benefit from our journey to $100 million? We price fairly. We're not looking for opportunities to, to make more money with the cheapest product. We get good ingredients. If we have an opportunity to buy two types of ginger and one is better, we buy the better one, even if it costs more. That's impact. Uh, the farmers, how are we paying them more? How are we paying them fairly? How are we having an impact? Because we actually see them as part of that ecosystem. I see everything as a circle and all of us within the same ecosystem trying to get to the same goals. And it helps me in deciding how we then get to that $100 million goal so that the prosperity is shared. It's shared with customers. It's shared with farmers. It's shared with children. And we're being good stewards of the environment as well. I really like the idea of it being a circle and not a ladder. Can you list your top three goals for EF Foods in the next year? So top three goals, obviously grow revenue. <laughs> we're still a business. We're on our path to that $100 million magic number. Working very hard on that. Obviously a close second is I really care about the people that work in EF Foods and they all know that. I still have to lead by care about those people, making sure that personal goals are fulfilled, making sure that people feel like they're part of something that is bigger than them. And together, we all kind of fit into that big piece and can make it happen. Um, so I, I feel an immediate and direct daily responsibility for everyone that is a part of EF Foods. So making sure that they're growing and they're happy with the work that they're doing is an important goal. And last but not least is... You know, the impact we're having that we've been talking about throughout the podcast, I'm hoping that we can get from 22 kids to over 100 kids in our orphanage. The living conditions, no matter what we're doing, the living conditions aren't, I feel guilty all the time. I see the living conditions my kids are in and I see the living conditions those kids are in. And I know that even with all our helping, I wouldn't put my own kids in the current condition. So I want to do better with the orphanage, um, have the kids have better education better living conditions, and be able to see them through from where they're born, you know, to when they enter college. It's a big goal of mine. And it's something I take very seriously and we keep getting better and better at every year. I don't know if I mentioned it earlier on the call. Some of the kids that we have in this orphanage, I'm going to try not to get emotional, are kids that were born by people with mental health on the side of the road, where when they come to the orphanage, they don't even have names. We have to give them names. So the proprietress of the orphanage will give them names like success. So the kid's last name is success or goodness or joy. Those are the kind of kids we're talking about. Beautiful kids that I see myself in them, but they've just been dealt a really, really difficult hand. So it's an important goal for me to keep improving the way we're able to take care of those children. That's something we've been doing better and better at every year. We hope to continue to do. That's beautiful. Thank you for sharing. And here's hoping you do meet those very important goals. Toyin, thank you so much for being on This Is Small Business. It really was delightful to have you. Same here. Thank you, Angie. You're listening to This Is Small Business brought to you by Amazon. I'm your host, Andrea Marquez. That was Toyin Kolawale, the founder and CEO of Iya Foods. You can find out more about our company in our show notes on our website, thisismallbusinesspodcast.com. Toyin gave us so many different options to how we can approach giving back as a business owner and how it can help you grow your business. I love her circle approach to, well, everything. It's definitely something that I'm going to implement in my everyday life. Another point that I loved is giving back includes your customers. 
And you do that by giving them the best product possible, which means maybe spending a little extra on better quality ingredients or materials. After all, your customers are the ones that'll make it possible for you to give back to the community. Did you know that nearly 60% of products sold in Amazon store are from independent sellers, most of which are small and medium-sized businesses? The small businesses we feature on the show are some of the many small businesses selling in the Amazon store who have tapped into some of the tools and resources offered to help them succeed and grow. One of those resources is the Amazon Small Business Academy, where you can find the help you need to take your small business from concept to launch and beyond. You can strengthen your skills at no cost with live and on-demand trainings, Q&As, events, and even find more This Is Small Business content. If you don't know where to start, you can take the free self-assessment on the Amazon Small Business Academy site at www.smallbusiness.amazon. My next guest is Nadia Martinez, founder and CEO of Cali & Co. She is a military spouse and a mother, both of which have influenced the way she gives back through her business. I'm excited for you to meet her. Nadia, hola. Tell me about yourself. I was born and raised in Mexico. My parents divorced when I was uh, very young. So my grandmother raised me until I was almost 13. And after that time, after she passed away, when I was almost 13, I moved to Tijuana with my mom and her family. And about 16 years old, my parents decided that I was going to start crossing the border to go to school. So I started as a senior in high school without speaking English. So the only thing that I knew how to say was, hi, how are you? You know, like the very shy accent. And I was able to get my high school diploma, learn English within a year. I went on to learn uh, some Italian at the same time that I was learning English. And a few years later, I met my husband. I was very young. I was 20. We got married at 21, became parents at 21. And I mean, we did the whole military family gig because he was active duty in the Marines at that point, which is why I decided to start a business. Because every time we relocated, it was difficult to find a job or a job that will be enough for me to put my child in daycare. So I said, you know, I'm going to have this challenge every time I move. So I'll go ahead and start a business. And that's actually how I came up with the idea of Cali and Co. It means Casey and Allie together is the names of my daughters. Your background is very familiar to me. I also started studying in the United States when I was around seven years old and didn't know English. I like to refer to us as border children growing up in Mexico and crossing the border to study in the States. And I feel as a fellow border child that it gives you a unique perspective on a whole bunch of things, but specifically business. Since we're talking about giving back to the community while growing your business, do you think your unique perspective influenced how you approached your business model? Yes, 100%. And actually, the term that I like to use to describe the company, Cali & Co., is not just for profit. Not just for profit is something that I heard at a conference in Orlando from the founder of Kind Bars. And he said that not just for profit means that we care about profits, but at the same time, we care about making a difference. And I remember that a few years back when I had my last job, I was telling my sales manager, I said, hey, how about we do this type of business where we can make a difference? You know, I had this idea. And the answer was very harsh for me back then. I was, I was way younger. So he said, we are not a nonprofit company. We care about money. We're after sales. I said, well, you can make sales and still make a difference. 
So that was the date that I said, one day I'm going to have my own company with this business model. And I will add him on LinkedIn and show him that it's possible that you can make money, but you can also make a difference because when there are not many businesses that follow that model, it can be scary. And quite honestly, his job was to produce, right? To increase revenue, not to go and try to make a difference in the world directly one-on-one or in a specific community. So I said, forget about it. I'm going to do it. I did not say it with those words, but I still did it, right? (laughs) My reaction was, I was so annoyed by it because I said, how can you not see what a difference you can make, but also you elevate the culture of the company. You also elevate your brand because people are not just searching for a company to shop from. They're looking for a community. They want a community. They want to be part of something. How do you think that businesses can find ways to help the community while at the same time growing their business? A lot of the times they don't understand the importance of community building, of having a firm identity. And I've suggested to some of my clients and former clients, how often do you work with kids in your community? How often do you work with teams that you can sponsor? Well, I actually didn't even think about that. Well, you're selling this type of product and your buyer persona happens to be a mom. Trust me, there's a lot of awareness that you can create. And don't just go for the sale, which obviously we're all after the revenue. Otherwise, we wouldn't be able to remain in business. But when you make it part of your existence, part of your identity, giving back becomes such a powerful tool, not only at the personal spiritual level, because you know you're contributing to a better tomorrow. At least that's how I see it. But also to grow in a community, to growing the loyalty of those who follow you. One of the clients that I have, And I was able to connect her with a local uh, nonprofit. When she was talking, she said, hey, I want to help you guys. You know, my consultant suggested doing this, but I'm starting to feel very selfish because I also know there will be a benefit for it. And one of the comments that she got that I'll never forget was, there is nothing wrong with helping each other out. Everybody, or at least most people know that when they make a contribution, it's tax deductible. And there's a reason for it, right? Because... In a way, you're being compensated, I guess you can say it, for supporting another company, for supporting somebody else's mission. So there's some shame that comes sometimes with, gosh, would people think that, I mean, and I really shouldn't care about it, but um, will people think that I'm doing this so I can get a tax deduction? But it's so dear to my heart to contribute and donate shoes. This client said, you know, I feel so much better about it because I was reminded there is nothing wrong with helping each other out. There's absolutely nothing wrong. And if as a business you want to contribute to that, you should do it because it feels right for you. But it's not your fault that the IRS says that you can also get a tax deduction. There shouldn't be any shame around it. So bottom line, it's okay to help each other out. It's okay that a nonprofit gets the help or a special group or a local group, whether it's sports, religious, it doesn't matter. Well, also getting something in return. I mean, think about it. If I'm able to be in a position where I can continue to donate, why wouldn't I do it? Just because other people might say, oh, it's a tax deduction. It is however you want to see it. To me, it's making a difference. To the IRS, is a tax deduction. To a nonprofit or another local group, is a big donation that makes a difference. So there are different labels around it. It's just however people want to label their efforts. How can I make sure that my goals for my small business at the same time impact my goals for the community? So I don't think it has to be directly related to what you're selling or the product that you're offering, because in all honesty, there will always be places that need our help. 
And I think that's something that people tend to forget. Um, the here in the United States, just because we're the most powerful economy in the world, it doesn't mean we don't have needs. Our backyard is full of places that have a lot of need. And in this case, my husband and I, and as a family, we decided that it was a really good idea, a really good place for our other company to sponsor the security system for our church. So it doesn't go tight. It doesn't have to. But you still can find ways to make a difference. Let me give you another example. Let's say that you have a women's boutique um, store and they want to support different charities, local charities or groups. It doesn't have to be necessarily giving away leftover inventory because what if you want to support a group of young men or young boys who play soccer, right? Well, how about giving you an $1,000 grant so you guys can go buy this, you can go buy that. So bottom line, they don't have to limit themselves by the product or service if they truly want to make a difference. I think it's also important to know that you can make a difference and make money at the same time. I tell my daughters all the time, hey, baby, you know, I don't want them to have an unhealthy relationship with it because as a business owner, you have to be on top of your finances. It's like everyday conversation in my house, not from the greedy point of view, but also imagine how much difference you can make with that money. You know, how much you can help, how much you can empower. The moment, the moment that I could, I wouldn't hire military spouses. My staff is actually military spouses too. And they're all still active duty. Their husbands are. And those are people that I met along the way. So, you know, you can make a difference in so many ways, but you will need money as a business to survive and also to continue making a difference in your community if that's the path they want to take. So there's other ways to give back that don't necessarily have to be about giving in that sense, just like how you're hiring military spouses. Giving is not just financial. You know, I give my time volunteering uh, my daughter's school. My husband gives his time volunteering at our church and he does a lot. My oldest volunteers at our local library tutoring kids. There's this misconception that to give back, you have to give money. No, there's a lot that you can do. You and your staff can go and serve meals at a local shelter. You and your staff can go play with puppies, you know, at a shelter too. So there's more to it. And these ladies that work with me, they came with no knowledge. I just said, uh, these are people that I care about. One of them is actually my best friend. And I said, I want to teach you everything that you'll need to survive, <laughs> to, to thrive, not survive, thrive in this world of digital marketing. So they came with zero knowledge, but giving back also meant sharing my knowledge with them so they can monetize it. So they monetize what I teach them, I pay them, you know, and I pay them well. So there's more to it than just financial resources and just giving back, which is why making money is so important because look where it goes. It's gone to the church. It's gone to these ladies that helped me and work with me. It's gone to shoes being sent to Africa, sent all over New York here in California, there's a whole lot more to it. That was Nadia Martinez, founder and CEO of Cali & Co. Thank you for listening today. I'm super inspired by both Nadia and Toyin and the incredible work they're doing while also growing their business. And I hope you did too. As always, here are some key takeaways. One, first focus on making quality products for your customers. This has to be your priority because that's what's going to keep customers coming back and customers Keep the impact of your business going. Two, you can start small and local. I know it could feel like there's so much going on in the world, but the best way to help is to start small and to help the people around you. When you start there, maybe you'll reach a point where you can help people all over the world, just like Nadia Antoyan. Three, giving back and having an impact on your community doesn't have to be financial. You can find other low-cost ways to have an impact and help your community. For example, 
Nadia hires other military spouses, and she talked about organizing volunteer days with your staff. And four, one of my favorite lessons from today, treat business and life like a circle instead of a ladder. Because when you're kinder to your employees, suppliers, farmers, sourcers, and customers, they're going to want to stick around because they believe in your business mission and vision. I'm curious, do you give back through your business? As we learned today, giving back doesn't have to be financial. So in what ways are you giving back or planning to through your small business? Reach out to us at thisismallbusiness.amazon.com to tell us what you're up to. Or let me know what you think of the episode by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. It's easier if you do it through your phone. And if you like what you heard, I hope you'll share us with anyone else who needs to hear this. That's it for episode 11 of season two of This is Small Business brought to you by Amazon. On our next episode, we'll be talking about how to foster workplace diversity and inclusion with Jennifer Kim, the founder and CEO of Workflow. Until next time, this is Small Business. I'm your host, Andrea Marquez. Hasta luego and thanks for listening. This is Small Business is brought to you by Amazon with technical and story production by Jar Audio. Thank you for listening to This is Small Business. Did you know that we have a voicemail line? If you have questions or maybe a small business story you'd like to share about starting, running, or growing a small business, all you have to do is click the link in the show description and leave us a message. We'd love to hear from you. And you never know, you might even get to hear yourself later on on the show. Voicemails will not receive a response though. So for help with other questions to Amazon unrelated to the show, you can reach out to Amazon's customer service team at the link provided in the description. 